Welcome back to Awareness TV. Antonio T. Smith Jr. We're here again with our live studio audience as always. One of the most popular show on all of iTunes, but we also on the ATS network in which we can say whatever we want to say because we are all about transfortainment, transformational knowledge that is also entertaining. How many of you know entertainers who are like clear eyes? <laughs> yes, that won't be us. I'm too swagtastic for that, okay? However, before we get to the fifth law, third time, I gotta do it. Before we get to the fifth law, I had no, no idea why I need to do it third time. But it was fly. You liked it. The Before we get to the fifth part, we're going to open up a question because we had some questions because I ended the last episode and I said, in order to get what you want, you got to attract it. Attract that money. Let's go with some questions. We had questions. Who's first? First right here. Yes. You want to get on camera? No. Your hair is nice. You should get on camera. All right. There it is. Yeah. Represent your church. You got it, got it, on, got it on your shirt. No, no, right there. I okay. think I think if you stand, huh, can I go stand right, right? There you go. I think you're right there. Okay, sir. How does one attract money? Okay. Is that fair? I'm gonna make all of you get on camera. Yes, yes. How does one attract moolah, greenbacks, dinero, bread, cheddar, guap? <laughs> dollar dollar bill, y'all. Okay. <laughs> I have to borrow from Jim Rohn on this one. Unless you grow out to money, money will dwindle down to you. Let's process that for a second. If you don't grow out to the dollar amount in which you wish to desire, the dollar amount that you internally deserve will find you. That means if you're trying to be a $100,000 person and you have a Section 8 mindset, money will always find you at Section 8. Now, my internet person is a little too quiet because I know right around there <laughs> she would have said something. She, she would have said something on the ATS network. If you want to be a millionaire, you have to become a millionaire before you become a millionaire. It is very simple. You don't get to pass the bar without studying. You have to first, the bar, as in law exam. You have to first go to law school, take it very seriously, and then decide, you know what I'm going to do? I want to become my graduation. I'm going to become a board certified physical therapist. I'm going to become Antonio T. Smith Jr. Before I become Antonio T. Smith Jr. You have to first become before you become. And most people, average people, think, when they get there, then I'll behave like it. 
I want all, all of you to remember how you do anything is how you do everything. That means how you are attracting the drama into your life. It's how you are also attracting the money into your life. If you have anger problems right now, I can probably guess your bank account in most cases. If you have work ethic problems, 100% of the case, I can guess your bank account. And if you have inherited great money, I can guess when you will mess it up. Mm. Money finds those who first find themselves. That ma'am, that's how you attract money. You have to grow out to it before it first comes out to you. All of you out here trying to hustle, that's good. The work ethic is good. But if you hustle and don't believe, if you hustle and don't read, if you hustle and don't gather an understanding of money, you will hustle and blow it. How many of you right now, real question, don't beat me up when I ask it. How many of you right now, when you were 16, you made less money than you have right now, but you were richer than you were right now? Because your money keeps meeting your expenses. You have a bad habit of making sure, whoo, got a pay raise. Whew, got a expenses raise. I got some money now. I need to show them I got some money. <laughs> Let me buy this. I actually know a man. I actually, I actually, I actually know someone who just left his job, has an $800 car note. $800 car note. $800 car note. Now, according to this TV show, according to Robert Kiyosaki, the only way that he can do this is to go to a financial institution that helps him do it and that keeps him into which class? Middle. As long as you borrow money to pay for your expenses, you're stuck in the middle class. This man, looks real good in the middle class. But boy, he look rich. Ladies and gentlemen, the job, the goal, the fight is to be rich, not look it. Any more questions about attracting money? Or somebody, yes, please. You gotta come on camera. Are you camera ready? She's not camera ready. Were you camera ready? You, you were kind of camera ready? Were you, were you or not? Yeah, I was. You was? Okay, so you're not camera ready. No, if you're not camera ready, I'm going to let you make it. She sets the standard. She's camera ready. All right, come on up here. Camera ready. Camera ready. There you go. What books? No, ask them. What books do you need to read to grow out to your money so that it does not dwindle as it comes to you? I shall give you these books in this order. Now, don't take my order for a biblical standard.
but please know my order made me rich. Order number one, Robin Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Book number two, Robin Kiyosaki's Cash Flow Quadrant. Book number three, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Now, that's actually my favorite book of all time. I give it to you third because I need Robin Kiyosaki to stretch your brain and tilt it so you can understand what Napoleon Hill will teach thee. Book number four. This is a new one. It just came out. I read this book and I went, whoa. Matter of fact, I read this book and I went, Matrix, okay, you know the Matrix, all right. Seriously, I read this book and I was like, whoa, that's some serious stuff. Code of the Extraordinary Mind by Vishen Lakiani. Code of the Extraordinary Mind by Vishen Lakiani. Book number five. Now, you're not going to like this one. Actually, I need you to help me look this one up for me. Tony Robbins' last book. This is a great book. Unshakable. Thank you. Tony Robbins' last book. The reason I say you're not going to like it, he slaughtered this book. It's amazing. It's flawless. You're not going to like it because it actually exposes you for your financial disabilities. He teaches you in real time in this century, in this decade, how to avoid people that's going to apply to rule number five, which is a perfect segue. Did that answer your question? Yes, thank you. Did you have a question, sir? What's the second book? The second book was Cash Flow Quadrant. Would you like to hear a story from Cash Flow Quadrant? Sure. I'm going to jazz it up a little bit. But the story is perfect as is. Since I'm live on TV and it's my show, I'm going to jazz it up and paraphrase it. In Africa, there was a tribe. And the tribe had no running water. Generation after generation, the tribe had to march eight miles to the lake, to the river, and come back with teaspoons full of water. One day, the chief says, people of my tribe, I've desired to fix the problem of our water. Who among you will volunteer? We will pay you to solve the problem of clean water and our tribe. Two people immediately raise their hand. One raises his hand. Another one raises their hand. Only two people applied for the position. Chief says, you two, go fix it. Thank you. The one man immediately gets up, goes to his hut, 
grabs two buckets and he runs down to the eight miles to the river, soaks up the fresh water, goes back. Says, yes, and they pay him handsomely for these two buckets. He says, whoa, wait a minute. That was great. Let me go get more buckets. So he goes back again, gets more buckets. Says, you know what? <laughs> Got an idea. I will create a system of getting these buckets Monday through Sunday. Bucket after bucket. This man through the river and back. He said, you know what? I got it. I got it. I made enough money. I could buy me a vehicle. He bought him a vehicle. Now he could put many buckets on the back of the vehicle. He goes down. Gets all these buckets. He's doing so well. He says, you know what? I'm going to have my kids do this. They will one day inherit my empire. Gets his two boys, they go down to the river, they're buckets. When they turn 18, they decide never to come back because bucket carrying was not what they wanted to do. Now, old man, his hands hurt from carrying the buckets. His elbows hurt from the weight of pivoting the buckets against gravity. And now complaints come in because you know what? It's rocks in this water. You know? So he says, you know, I'm put some lids on the bucket. That way it won't get dirty. Put some lids on the bucket, cost some extra money, but it gets it done. Meanwhile, nobody heard from the second guy. The second guy decided for five years he would go out and write a business plan. Then he would meet some investors. He would say, investors have the perfect idea. I want to give running water to this tribe. But not just this tribe. I've got some bigger ideas. That's what I want you to do. I don't have the equipment. I don't have the intelligence. I don't have the capital. Just pay me one penny a bucket. Just one penny. One penny a bucket. He comes out. It's a big spectacle there. Big tractors, bigging digging holes into the ground, laying down pipes, and everybody's complaining. And all of a sudden, the tribe gets to cut on water in their kitchen. And fresh water comes out cleaner than any bucket water has ever been. No dirt. Neither do they have to wait the 30-minute trip for the water to come to them. They can get the water 12 o'clock at night. They can get it on Sundays if they wanted to. This business plan writing man, he only makes a penny a gallon. But they service in that one tribe 100,000 gallons a day. But this business plan said expansion. So all throughout East Africa, he's making hundred million gallons a day one penny of course he's rich and the man who carried buckets is broke out of business and depressed and the moral of that story is are you building pipelines or carrying buckets ladies and gentlemen i like to tell you 
excuse me and let me allow me this colloquialism. If you going to get this money, if you're going to generate massive wealth, build pipelines, don't carry buckets. Law number five, gold flees to the man, flees the man who would force it to impress impossible earnings or who would followeth the alluring advice of tricksters and schemers or who trusted to his own inexperience and romantic desires and investments. Let's break this down. Before I give you what it means in layman's terms, let's break this down. Change gold to money. See my writing versus hers? Boy, girl. Money flees the man who would force. You do not get to force anyone or anything, anything, and expect it to bless you. There was an old lady. She had a dog. The dog had some worms. She takes the dog to the vet. Vet says, hmm, let me get rid of these worms. I want you to give it some castor oil. Every day, 6 p.m. The lady remembers castor oil as a kid. She remembers she didn't like it. So the first time she gives the dog castor oil, she sweet talks it, comes up on it. And she puts the dog into a stronghold and then force feeds it to castor oil. Next day, 6 o'clock, the dog doesn't know any better. Hey, baby. And she forced it into a stronghold, feeds the dog casserole. Third day, dog still don't know too much. She walks up on the dog. This time, the dog is like, wait, 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 wait. You got me twice. What you about to do? She grabs the dog, forces it, feeds the casserole. Fourth time, dog runs. 6 p.m. Dog says, you know, if you give me four times, you got me three. Fourth time, the dog bit her. She goes to the vet. My dog doesn't like the castor oil. And the dog, the vet says, ma'am, the dog will eat anything. It's not that the dog doesn't like castor oil. How are you feeding the dog? She says, well, you know, I just go to the dog and I constrict it and I feed it. Wait, wait, wait. what do you mean I, you constrict the dog? Well, I forced the castor oil in the dog's mouth. And the vet says, ma'am, nobody likes being force fed anything. It's not that the dog doesn't like the castor oil. The dog doesn't like you force feeding it. And I like to tell you all that as you endeavor in your own educational or religious anythings, people will behave like the dog if they find out you're force feeding them. In the same manner, this universe says, you're not going to force nothing. Because the universe likes ease. Grass doesn't force itself to grow. Trees don't force themselves to grow. And wind doesn't force itself to blow. 
Anything that is forced is lack. If you have to force it, there is scarcity. If there is scarcity, there is poverty. If there is poverty, there is unhappiness. If there is unhappiness, there is discouragement. And if there is discouragement, there is depression. And if you get depressed, it's pretty much over. Money flees. The person who defies the easeability of life. The only time that you've ever had to be forced is when your mama gave birth to you. And even in and she tried to hold you out, you'd have came out. Force is not of poverty. It's not of prosperity. Two, impossible earnings. Why are you trying to make all your money back on the first investment? You know what? They're not finna get me because you know I bought this house and I put five thousand down. Oh, that's good, man. How much you want back? Twenty five thousand. <laughs> yep, your money is a fleeing. I want every dollar for what I put in. That's called a hundred percent return on investment. <laughs> he laughed over that because he just did it. <laughs> he wondered why his money was fleeing. You cannot force your money to impossible earnings. You know why? Because the universe says every action has an opposite and equal reaction. So when you try to manhandle or be mean, there you go. When you try to be mean to someone else, the universe says, okay, got you. So you won't mean. Got it. You won't mean. No problem. Since you want impossible earnings, I'm going to give you back an impossible harvest. What's that mean? Nothing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, before they ever taught you about money, money was already out here. Money is just energy. Energy. Money. They already been doing this before they taught you in school. They didn't teach you in school before they taught you on TV how to get this done. Now, I'm not just said that money flees when you try to defy the laws of physics and force it into unhonest earnings. The universe does not like this honesty. Your mama been saying for a long time or well, your grandmother, God don't like ugly. Mm -hmm. Now, or who follow it, alluring advice of tricksters. Now, I want to erase all this because this one is where most of you fail. I'm going to use a little colloquialism here. Fam, I got an idea. Fam, fam, got an idea, fam, fam. I just hit a lick. We, we're, I'm going to translate it too because we're worldwide. I just discovered something of great possibility. 
I just hit a lick, fam. I need 3,000. Promise you, I'm going to get you back 10,000. How? Man, look. This website that says you ain't even got to buy nothing. Just put it in and put it in. 30 days later, you're going to get back. You'd be like, nah, man, it's too good to be true. And then that's when they put on their gold tongue. And they alluringly convince you past your logic. If it's too good to be true, it is. It is. Stay away from the fam. Fam. I got it, fam. Run. Run. Run, run, run. Run, run, run. Okay? Schemers who trust in their own inexperience. Wait a minute now. Trust in own inexperience. Tempest. I'm going to build the ATS companies. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm broke. But I got us. How you got us? I don't know. What you going to read? I don't like reading. Inexperience. When you put your money. <laughs> you can tell that was our old line person there. <laughs> and you don't want me working with you is what she said. <clears throat> if you put your money in what you don't understand yourself, your money is not going to understand who to come back to. Yes. If you put your money in what you do not understand, your money will not understand who to come back to. Okay. Universal laws, ladies and gentlemen. This is my favorite. Romantic desires and investment. Hey. Hey. Listen. I know I should do the right thing with this money. But the bread bottoms. They look real good. You know, you only live once. You can't die and take it with you. Hey, you know what? I'm going to go in on this apartment complex. How much it costs? I ain't got enough money. But I'm going to borrow a lot of money to go in on this apartment complex. Okay, how many apartment complex you got? I ain't got none. How long you been in real estate investment? I don't know. Why are you doing it, man, my girl? I think it's time for her to deserve a house. Wait, 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 wait a minute now. When you chase what you want and you don't have any experience in that thing, but you're chasing it because you want to pop your collar, <laughs> look good. When you say things like, you know what, I'm going to buy them $400 shoes. It's an investment. Why? Well, because I got to look good. Why? Because that's what rich people do. No. No. In my closet, I have, I don't know, 
way too many clothes. Way too many. My closet is so filled with clothes that the wonderful wooden rod that holds them all is bit like this. And when you look into the wall, you can see it's, it's got about two hours left before it just falls apart. It's been on two hours for like last eight years, I'm telling you. It's about two hours last eight years. The, the universe just stretched that time for me. I wear the same thing every day. I buy, I go to the store. I buy five white t-shirts. Five black t-shirts. All v-neck. All the same thing. I go to the store. I buy, what's the color I got? I got a tan today. It was gray yesterday. I buy lots of gray, lots of tan, lots of black suits. You know why? Because there is something called, and look this up. Decision fatigue. Look it up. It's a real psychological term. It means that human beings can only make a certain amount of decisions a day. And after that, we just get tired of making decisions. And we make poor decisions when we get tired. How many of you there right now, man? I ain't doing nothing today. I'm tired now. You ain't no physical exercise, but you dead doggone tired. Decision fatigue. Geniuses, we don't do that. All we do is get money and give back. You've been watching Awareness TV. You can't play better, you can dominate.